0: somebody like to pray and uh, we'll turn it over to bernard thank
1: you how oh, good is the god we adore mm. father we welcome your word We anticipate mm-hmm. hearing from you in our
0: hearts and being changed into your likeness father we welcome your presence in this place as we are gathered as one to mm. worship and praise you together. Yeah. Lord, bless the word
1: to, into our yeah. life. That mm. you will be glorified. Yes. yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Lord. Amen.
0: Thanks, Diane. Mm. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to begin by just reading the verse of a hymn. Some of you will know it. And uh, my heart is full of Christ and longs its glorious matter to declare. Of him I make my loftiest songs. I cannot from his praise forbear. My ready tongue makes haste to sing the beauties of my heavenly king that's the first verse of a hymn by <clears throat> by um, Charles Wesley and uh, the hymn has uh, 14 verses that we have anyway <laughs> and so the the muse the spiritual muse moved in him and he just wanted to write
1: or sing or, or of Jesus. Amen. And um,
0: <clears throat> there's a verse that many of you will know that is found in Ephesians chapter 3 because I'm going to just open up a little bit again in Ephesians and one or two other places, some of the things that Paul wrote. And the verse in, in Ephesians, in chapter three, is this one where he talks about the, it's in the eighth verse, you know it very well. To me, Though I am the very least of all the saints, the grace was given to preach
1: to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. To me, though I am the very least of
0: all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the gentiles <clears throat> the unsearchable riches of christ so i'm going to say a little bit about paul's experience uh, uh, of christ and uh, i don't know whether you're aware uh, probably you you know and you've thought along these lines a bit but if you go into the second letter that Peter wrote, and have a look. This is going to be something of a Bible study tonight, by the way. Second Peter chapter three, and uh, he's he's talking about um, the forbearance of our Lord. Peter's been talking in his second letter all about difficulties uh, false prophets um, all kinds of things happening in the world round about and uh, he's writing at the end of his life jesus hasn't come yet they had hoped and expected him to come quite soon and he had not come and uh, so he's talking about suffering and difficulty and and the end of time the elements are going to melt with fervent heat and and then he he talks about uh we gotta wait verse 14 beloved since you wait for these things um there, there's uh, an american lady who comes on to another zoom um that uh, i do and um with cyprus people and irish people and so on and she comes on and one of the last things that happened before i came on tonight was that she posted on the whatsapp group there's a big whatsapp group in that uh, with that um that zoom because someone had posted uh something by an english lawyer a christian lawyer who has uh, come into a very difficult situation because he just wrote on a tweet something and um, uh, about so-called pride and uh you know the pride month and all that sort of thing and he's come into some massive difficulties and this was uh, this was the the youtube clip of this was put up on this whatsapp zoom and um sorry this whatsapp uh, group and this american lady just wrote at the end, Maranatha. Some people had wrote, written, they'd watched the YouTube clip, they had made some comments, and she said, oh, Lord Jesus, come. Maranatha, come. And maybe some of us feel that kind of thing, you know, when you see, and I, I think of what Mark has shared with us, even in his own family, though remember he mentioned Australia. and uh, that sort of thing is increasingly common in Australia, where <clears throat> relationships that are sinful in the sight of God are approved of men and uh, it makes you cry out maranatha lord jesus come quickly you know that's what it means and um, it's all going to be dissolved peter writes it's all going to come to an end uh, it's all going to melt that strange strange uh, witness that rose in my heart all those years ago on september uh, you know, in 2001, when I watched uh, the second plane hit the building, someone had alerted me, and uh, there was this that rose in my heart. And at the time, I was
1: kind of shocked. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! that's what rose in my heart
0: is that that plane struck the building and a little while later sounds a terrible thing to say in one sense but it's entirely biblical that the construct you know all this pride of man you know that's a little that terrible event that terrible event of September um, 2001, it is a little foretaste of the, of the terrible things, the total breaking down of all things when the heavens will be kindled and dissolved and the elements will melt with fire but according to his promise, verse 13, we wait for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. We wait. We wait. Therefore, beloved, since you wait for these, be zealous to be found by him without spot and blemish. And at peace, and count the forbearance of our Lord as salvation. He hasn't come yet. He's still got those he wants to save. He's still, the 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 flock is not full. They're not all there yet. So count this waiting time as the forbearance of our lord as salvation as salvation salvation for us where we can learn uh, and yield more and humble ourselves more before our mighty god in the midst of the things where all the angers the wrong angers that can grip the heart are taken out of us and where we're changed, changed, changed. Uh, receive this waiting time, the fact that Maranatha has not happened yet, he hasn't come yet. Count it as salvation, salvation for you, a deeper place in God for you, uh, a deeper place in God for me, uh, and salvation to others. Count it all as a salvation that's what peter is telling us and then he says these words about his brother paul he says our beloved brother paul he writes about these things too he says so also our beloved brother paul middle of verse 15 wrote to you according to the wisdom given to him speaking of this as he does in all his letters so peter recognized his beloved brother paul had uh, wisdom given unto him to write same things different way of putting it a fuller way of putting it a more complete way of putting it um, but according to the wisdom given to him and then he says in the middle of verse 16 there are some things in those letters hard to understand which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures so, our beloved brother writes, <laughs> and he he's rather difficult to understand sometimes, Peter says. it's good It's good to sort of recognize the very normal interplay between these apostles in their ministry. I, I think it's quite a blessing to just recognize. Peter recognizes that there's particular wisdom being given to Paul and uh, that he knows that some people, you know, they find it hard to understand Paul in some of the things he writes. Perhaps you do, certainly I do, uh, I'm learning, and he, he says that some people who are unstable and ignorant, they twist these things, they twist the scriptures. And so the church is rent by heresies, rent asunder by heresies. Do you know that that I quoted comes from the hymn? The church is one foundation that you know is Jesus Christ our Lord. It's a great hymn to have a look at, actually, at your leisure. but here it is. so here's. Paul, Peter referring to Paul. And Paul says, and I'm going to I'm going to go to an angry letter that Paul wrote. Uh, did you know that he he had a righteous anger as he wrote the letter to the Galatians? And I just want you to turn to the end of Galatians, That's chapter six. And see, see his attitude. Teachers had followed him to Galatia. There was a number of churches in Galatia, not just one. And uh, they were obviously interconnected together. Um, but Paul had seen these churches come into being full of life and then certain teachers had come bringing heresy pulling people back um, uh, into various things that the lord had brought them out of and in verse 11 of chapter 6 of galatians he says see with what large letters i'm writing to you with my own hand so he's right at the end uh, he's been dictating the letter but in order for it to become authentic in the eyes of the people who to whom it's sent uh, i'm writing with large letters i'm i'm writing to you with my own hand very personal it is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh that would compel you to be circumcised compel you to be circumcised one of the things that I have understood about the church all along that it is voluntarist uh, it's not a place of compulsion it's a place where we are drawn doesn't mean to say there's not obedience but the idea of compel you to be circumcised of all things there are people who come to them he's angry about it and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of christ that's the real circumcision it's of the heart in the cross of christ nothing to do with a, 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 the organ on a, on a human body. Or even those who receive circumcision, verse 13, do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. But far be it from me to glory except in the cross of our lord jesus christ by
1: which the world has been crucified to me and i to the world
0: for neither is circumcision anything nor uncircumcision this see something this is a verse some of the messianic congregations need to get the grip on.
1: Neither is circumcision anything, nor uncircumcision. It's nothing but a new creation. Now, this is the revelation that. Paul wrote about that was hard for people to understand. This a new creation. Neither this nor that.
0: Nothing to do with robes in churches. Nothing to do with... Uh, whether people are baptized in water or not, whether they're sprinkled or dunked under, they, these are not the central things. The central
1: thing is a new creation. And if it be, begin not
0: in those who are going to be the brothers of jesus who rule in the new time what we just read about peter mentioned about we're waiting for a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness there shall be nothing new except the new man Comes and came Jesus and the, the new people in him, the new creation come forth. And this is, Paul is fiery about this. This is a, an incredible
1: statement. Neither this nor that. But the new creation, that's what it's all about and <clears throat> neither is circumcision in anything
0: i could put into that neither is are the doctorates of ministry and all the things that people pr- often proudly hang on their walls you know Neither, none of these things matter. But am I a new creation? I was actually shaving the other day, and I was musing upon, you know, certain things as I was doing so. And the Lord, it's just one of those occasions where the Lord spoke so powerfully in my heart i
1: can change men i change men i change men and it's almost as though he repeated
0: it uh, to me you know i change men paul goes on and if you look at verse 16 he says peace and mercy upon all who walk by this rule that's the rule that in in circumcision there's nothing in uncircumcision there's nothing but a new creation that's what it's all about a new creation peace and mercy upon all who walk by this rule. You know, I realize that everything's governed by law. The church is governed by law. Uh, it's governed by law. I won't enlarge on that statement, but if I mention to you that the whole world is governed by law, you know, if you were to jump out of an airplane a law comes into into play doesn't it and if you are baptized in the holy spirit if you have been born into the life of christ if you have been brought into his church thereby this is the rule it's a new creation don't Bring your old stuff with you it's a new creation it's to make all things new to change you to change me it's it's wonderful peace and mercy be upon all who walk by this rule upon the israel of god the Israel of God. Isn't that interesting? Who's this? Why does he suddenly say the Israel of God? Dear Paul, this man to whom special wisdom was given. What does he mean? Why is the new creation? Um, there's a new creation. Why does this figure so immensely in his preaching why what, what happened to him what how did this come and he he calls the people who rule by who walk by this rule he calls
1: them the israel of god context determines
0: they're the israel of god those who walk by this rule there's a new creation and then he says in verse 17 henceforth let no man trouble me i don't want people talking and troubling me about this and that for i bear on my body not the marks of wearing robes in church not the marks of being a great evangelist, the marks of Jesus. And then he says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. And so there you have an angry Paul writing. Now let's turn on into Ephesians. And let's look back in chapter three and here is a more gentle Paul, writing, and uh, he's he's saying this. He says, "I'm a I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the household management arrangement." By which God's grace has been given to me for you. That's what the word stewardship mean, the, means. The, the household arrangement uh, by which, in God's grace, it, there was something special given to me for you. See that at the end of verse 2? It was given to me for you. How? The mystery was made known to me. So he's in the realm of mystery. Something that was hidden. It was hidden. It, it, the house, it, it, this mystery was made to, known to me by revelation. As I have written briefly. That's in chapter two. He's written briefly about it. When you read this, you can perceive my insight. And now he names the mystery, the mystery of Christ, the mystery of Christ. And he says this mystery was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the spirit that is how that the gentiles fellow heirs members of the same body partakers of the promise in christ jesus through the gospel this mystery that whether you're a gentile it doesn't matter whether you're a male, it doesn't matter. Whether you have three degrees, it doesn't matter. Whether uh, you play 10 musical instruments,
1: it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. If you're in the new creation, you're a fellow heir
0: equally and you're partakers of the promise of in christ jesus through the gospel tremendous thing now he mentions you can see that he had he'd said a little bit about the mystery earlier up he says and you know, the mystery was made known to me by revelation as I have written briefly. You see that at the end of chapter three, I've written a little bit about this already in my letter to you. Here it is. So now let's read in chapter two, because this mystery is all about Christ and what God's done in Christ. And it's so wonderful that it's unsearchable. You know, you'll never come to the end of what God has done for you and me in Christ. You're, it's unsearchable. It can be never, the depths of it can never be plumbed. It's so much more. You know, I, I suppose I realize that one of the great problems of the last 50 years is the lightweight gospel that's preached. Jesus, the, the gospel that's preached today is all about Jesus. Jesus, he died for your sins, you know, he took your place. And if you believe on the right things, you'll, you'll go to heaven and you'll be safe from whatever 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 and that's a lightweight gospel it's a, a gospel just about jesus it's not about jesus the christ christ is not jesus's surname it's it's much more than that christ the unsearchable riches of Christ. Oh, Father, what did you do in Christ? What have you done in Christ? What have you ended in Christ? Have you really ended the old man? Have you really, in Christ, ended the old Adam? You know, the disobedient Adam, the unbelieving Adam, have you really ended him? Did you really bring him to an end? Have you brought an end in Christ to all those old things like uh, the pride of the Jew against the Gentiles? Have you really brought all that to an end in Christ? Have you really made a new creation, beginning with those who will be the head of the new creation that is yet to come, the new heavens, the new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness? Have you really begun with man? And have you done all this in christ well you know you go back into chapter two here and here's this little thing at one time verse 11 you gentiles in the flesh called uncircumcision which by what is called the circumcision there is back to circumcision and uncircumcision, the great distinctions of those days, you know, don't you? Uh, it's, it's a new creation, my brethren. You know, the divisions that are being built up, black lives matter. Hey, you white there. You know, and some of the churchmen, some of the preachers, one who recently died, a prominent evangelical who recently died, if I mention his name, I heard him speaking about critical race theory,
1: sympathizing with it. What's he doing? what's he doing sympathizing
0: with it as though we've got to bear guilt for this and guilt for that guilt for being white none of it matters neither circumcision nor uncircumcision nor black nor white it's a new creation in paul's day the great distinction was the circumcision and the uncircumcision and he says, remember, verse 12, chapter 2, that at that time you were separated from Christ. You were separated from Christ, alienated from the common wealth of Israel. Isn't that a lovely phrase? Lovely, the common wealth, lovely word. Uh, uh, Israel was so wealthy. Well, what were they wealthy with well they you know while your forefathers you gentiles were worshiping sticks and stones and constructs that came out of your own heart called idols they had the wealth that they knew that god had a purpose for them and what that purpose was they had wealth of the revelation in their history of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, you know, going on, David, they had all this wealth of an accumulation of the knowledge of God. They were wealthy, but the old Gentiles, which is most of us, I guess, we were far away. They had the covenants of promise, but we didn't we had no hope i'm in verse 12 now and we were strangers and and we were without god in the world god was their wealth in the old testament those those old testament circumcised people but now verse 13 in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near in the blood of Christ.
1: For he is our peace. The blood of Christ. The blood of Christ.
0: We've been brought near for he is our peace who has made us both one. And has broken down the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh. This is all to do with making things new in you and me. There's not a code, a written code standing against you now. He's abolished it. He's abolished it the law of commandments and the ordinances, he fulfilled it all himself that he might create in himself. This is what part of the unsearchable riches of Christ, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the tomb that wonderful you know one of the things that tends to you know trouble me is when I'm in the south of the United States or when I'm in London say and I, I see that the church is not evidencing you know the unity race Still plays a part. There's the Chinese church over there. There's the Ethiopian church over there. There's the English church over there. I remember I used to love going to an Assemblies of God church in Sydney many years ago. I used to love having a weekend of meetings there because somehow they were living a little element of this new creation where there's no black nor white, there was no Tahitian or Kiwi New Zealander or Aussie or English or South African or black or white or Indian, you know, they were all together somehow they had managed we have managed a bit on this zoom haven't we hallelujah hallelujah you know that he he's created in himself one new man in the place of the two isn't it great do you know one of the great divisions of
1: today young and old Young and old, young and old. It's a terrible blight on the churches where the young ought to have it their way and the old just give up. You see, it's because we don't understand what Christ,
0: what this new creature, this new man, this new life, that he might reconcile both to God in one body through the cross. Hallelujah. Ha- Jesus, it is highly, have you noticed? Of course you've noticed. Did he have blue eyes?
1: Was he blonde? Did he have did he have brown eyes?
0: Like <laughs> all our Chinese brethren do.
1: Do you notice the absence of all that? Hallelujah. 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 It's tremendous. One body.
0: You know, sin came into the world through one man. One man took it out. I want you to know that clearly, clearly, clearly. That is, and I'm not going to get time for it, but in Romans, of course, this is this peculiar revelation to Paul that had been given to him it wasn't given with such clarity to Peter. It wasn't given with such clarity to John, but it was given to Paul to put it this way. He's the one who talks about the old man and the new man. Now stop thinking my brothers and sisters of the translations that consistently mistranslate it, where it says the old nature and the new nature. It is a mistranslation and it misleads people consistently into the idea that inside of you there is an old man and a new man and they're fighting away together for the rest of your days upon earth and it'll own that fight will only end when you
1: drop dead, when you pass away. And every one of us has faced this dilemma. Every one of
0: us. And it, we've been misled by the translations that say, old man, new man is old nature, new nature, squabbling together inside. By the way, if the end of that fight, if that fight is a genuine fire, fight that only ends at death that makes death your
1: savior not jesus that makes death your savior if only death can save you from
0: the word is anthropos 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 the old man the new man. In Jesus' thinking, sorry, in Peter's thinking, no, in Paul's clear thinking, he has received this understanding that in Jesus Christ, Jesus took into himself the person and the power and the penalty of adam's sin sin entered in through one man and one man died for that sin who was impeccable spotless our lord jesus he took into him the old man that species of men that species that began in adam was taken to death it was crucified it was slain it was put to death that man that is something to believe that is a mystery i do not need to live a life of perpetual struggle in christ you know we used to live a love uh, sing a lovely song um, that comes from another hymn book and it's has a line in it fellowship with jesus this is victory fellowship with jesus this is victory the life of christ you know, if I turn you, uh, you know, there's one man, one new man, one, here it is, verse 15, in the place of the two. The two were the Gentiles, the other was the Jew, the Jew exceedingly proud in his circumcision, mocking the uncircumcised Gentile, one new man. And that he might reconcile us both to God, verse 16, in one body, through the cross. Thereby, bringing the hostility to an end, one body by the cross. One body. Just four or
1: five words, one body by the cross. The grass. Yay. Uh, you know, new creatures are they are
0: crucified people, crucified with Christ, yet raised. You know, if I turn you over into the Roman letter now very quickly, and I take you into this tremendous verse. And you will know it ever so, ever so well. Romans chapter eight. And it's right there at the beginning of chapter eight, where the Lord moves Paul. He's in his flowing along in the in the in the mystery of the revelation. And he you probably know, don't you, that. There's a lot of controversy
1: about Romans seven. You probably know that. Romans seven, uh, you know, I
0: don't know whether you've ever gone through Romans seven rather carefully, especially from verse seven, down through, to the end of verse twenty-four. I wonder if you've ever done that. Have you ever gone through Romans seven, just from verse seven, right the way through to the end of verse twenty-four? And if you if you did, and you have a Bible that you mark, you just put a little ring round.
1: Uh, a word of one letter. The word, of course, is I. I. And then put a ring round the little word with two letters. Me. Me you go on down so let's try and do that a minute I so where I'm in verse 7 1 2 verse next next verse 8 me verse 9 I I Verse 10, me. Verse 11, me. Verse 13, me. Me. Verse 14, I. Verse 15, I. 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 I, I, verse 16 I, 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 verse 17 I, me,
0: verse 18 I, me, my, I, I, verse 19 I, 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 verse 20, I, I, me, <laughs> have I said
1: enough? Have I said enough? Just emphasizing that. And then if I come to a climax, verse 24, wretched man that I, who will deliver me thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord through Jesus Christ our Lord
0: then chapter 8 there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. Sending his own son. And so you begin to go through Romans 8. Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus.
1: God has done. His own son. He condemned sin in the flesh.
0: Spirit, verse 4. Spirit, verse 5. Spirit again in verse 5. Verse 6, Spirit. God, God, God. Verse 9, you are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit, if the Spirit of God really dwells in you. I'm only reading the Scripture. Do you get the picture? Can you sense the thrust? Can, can you sense what Paul is saying? He's, he's, he's in this revelation. He's in this understanding. Something's been done in Christ that's much, much more for
1: you and believe it. Receive it. Receive it. You have got it. If you're baptized in the Spirit, Jesus,
0: when Jesus talked about the coming of the Spirit,
1: in John's Gospel, he says, God in you, the Father will come. The son, I will come, the Spirit will come, God in you. Isn't that amazing? We'll make our home in you. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that such a mystery?
0: The enemy you know, has sat on some of our shoulders for years and pointed their finger at you and said, what about this and what about that and what about the other? Of course, he'll always point you away from Jesus. He'll always point you back onto yourself. He'll always point you back, back, back. He'll always seek to lock you up. He will always seek to lock you up in yourself and me and myself, whereas the Spirit of God will ever move to, to point me upwards, upwards, upwards. It's a wonderful thing. If I take you to one perhaps last scripture in the Colossian letter, and... Uh, you know, it's in the third
1: chapter, you realize if you've been raised with Christ, seek your native habitat. Seek
0: those things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of god's set your minds <clears throat> on things that are above amen where christ is seated at the right hand of god set your minds on things that are above not on things that are on the earth for you died and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory.
1: And then, okay, put it to death. Affirm it. Put it to death. Whatever's earthly in you, put it to death. Put it to death just that's it put to death it's died now put it to death
0: it's finished that old species you're not in adam anymore you're in christ that old species that old type of man you know that old adam genre of man is is dead now, anything that clings around you, that anything that clings around me, put it to death, just, that's it. No, that man's dead. That man's dead. I, I'm, you know, your life is hid with Christ in God. Set your eyes there. I'll tell you something. One of the reasons, I don't know whether you noticed the order of this, he says, put to death, therefore, put to death, therefore, verse five, put to death, therefore. People have difficulties with this because they're not really fully fulfilling the four verses from one to four. When the heart is
1: really set above You've been raised with Christ, but you've got to seek those things that are above. Seek more of it. Seek more of it. Do you know
0: one of the conditions of the church today? And many of you will know this because you've experienced it in your lives and you have seen it with others, and it grieves your heart
1: that people aren't hungry for more of God. I went to see a young man yesterday afternoon. He asked to see me.
0: And uh, we, he was talking to me about one of his house friends. He lives in a house with seven people. And uh, this person claims to be a Christian. And, uh, but he's an addict. But he claims to be a Christian. He says the habit of his life is to uh, repent before he goes to bed for all that he did during the day. <clears throat> then he gets up and he believes that he's washed clean and he gets up and does the same things and does the same drugs the next day and does the same thing in the evening and i i said to this young man who was talking to me about it i said to him now tell me what is the most honest statement
1: that this young man has made to you. And he said, I love my sin. That's what the young man had said to him. That's why I keep on doing it. That's right. That's right.
0: Now there are two things that young man needs. Of course, at least two. But I won't go into that. But you know, most people have difficulties with the putting to death because they're not speaking the things that are above. Pursuing the things that are above. I hope you're, not, you're looking at this with, uh, with just simple eyes, as Richard was saying at the beginning. The simplicity. You know, it doesn't say looking at your failings. It says seeking the things that are above. You are raised. You're a new creation. You're not of the Adamic species anymore. He, he was gathered into the bosom of Jesus, that sinful man.
1: And he was swallowed up. He was finished. He was
0: buried. He was buried. Hallelujah. You may live a life from sin set free. Do you know who I was reading a little bit of this week? Sadhus and Singh. I wonder how many of you have heard of him. and. In one section, he was rejoicing in the wonder of freedom from sin. Freedom from sin. Freedom from, and he didn't put it these ways. the Singh was a, a, an amazing man. He, he told many stories to illustrate things. He knew that Jesus Christ, our Lord's, so much had been, he knew that the old had been taken into Jesus and taken to death and taken into the tomb and buried. And the new man rose. And you and I rose with him. You've been raised. You can live a raised life tomorrow. You can, I can live a, a, a raised life. But as seek the things, set your minds on the things, you'll find, if you do that, you'll find it relatively easy to put to death that belongs elsewhere, what's earthly in you, immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, on account of these things, you, you once walked among these things, verse seven, you lived in them, verse seven, but now put them away, put away all these things, Anger, wrath, malice, slander, foul talk from your mouth. You know, thinking about these things this week, it's almost as though I was kind of living for a while just in
1: heavenly regions. In this kingdom of Christ, in the kingdom
0: of God, you know that this Colossians letter almost begins with the father's transferred you
1: into the, into the realm of the son of his love. Hallelujah.
0: The son of his love. You, you've been brought into another kingdom. You can't live in, in the two kingdoms. So you've been transferred. It really is a mystery what unse- uh, unsearchable riches of what God's done in Christ.
1: I mean, just think of all the divisions. All the divisions.
0: Do you know what I heard this week again another evening? I was visiting a brother, and he was telling me uh, about a, a, a Christian brother that he knows well who suffers a lot with this, you know, where it says in chapter three, put off, put off, you know, and in verse eight it says, anger, wrath, malice, slander, that yeah. this man. Practices a lot of malice, malicious gossip. He's he, he's he's divisive in the church. And uh, and as I was talking to this brother, he he said to me, "Yes, I was talking to this man with this real problem." And he keeps on doing it. But do you know, 18 months ago, the Lord spoke to him clearly. He told me, he told me, I've got to go and see that brother and really open my heart and seek his forgiveness for all the slander wherewith I've slandered him. And he said, I know that 18 months later, he still hasn't done it. He hasn't gone to the brother. And the slander's still there. It's still going on and the churches are affected by it. Isn't it an incredible thing? And you know, don't lie to one another. Verse
1: 9, chapter 3. Seeing you've put off the old man. Have I done it? Have I done it? So I'm asking myself, when did I do it? I don't really know. I don't really know a time when I did it. I just began to believe
0: it. That what had happened in christ was much more than me having a, a perpetual
1: struggle as though i had within me two natures a perpetual struggle put off i put off the old man
0: my version that i'm reading here this one says old nature old nature but it's old man with its practices with its practice and you put on the
1: new man which is being renewed in knowledge isn't that lovely being renewed that's the tense being renewed you've put on yes you've put it on you put on, I'm a new creation. <laughs>
0: and it's being renewed, constant renewal in knowledge after the image of its, create, of its creator. Here, in this new creation, there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, scythian, Slave, free man,
1: but Christ is all. And in all, Christ. Christ is in you, my brethren. Christ is in you. Christ is in you. Isn't that wonderful? Christ. This is a fit place to stop.
0: This is a foot, pit, right place. they here in Christ. There is neither. Oh, my brethren, this is an end of your inferiority.
1: <laughs> your, your, it's, it's an end of uh, racial pride.
0: It, it's an end of feeling inferior because you haven't got university degrees or whatever.
1: Glory to God. Unsearchable riches of Christ.
0: I have failed miserably sharing with you in one way, trying to convey what th- this wonder, this wonder, he has done more for
1: us than we could ever dream he's done more for us now he says to me now go and <laughs> go and love go and love go and and be new you're my
0: species on the earth <laughs> do you like the word species you know i like to use that word you know
1: uh, it's tremendous what christ has done unsearchable riches oh and i'm sure well i won't i won't go on don't struggle
0: about this just just think of
1: christ is what i'm saying or trying to say worthy of him worthy of him it is isn't it this is the real christ hallelujah jesus the christ amen so i'll finish here there is
0: no greek nor jew circumcised or uncircumcised barbarian scythian slave free man christ is all and in all. Do you know what my version here says? It brings out the Greek
1: very clearly. Here, that's in this new man, there cannot be Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian. There cannot be, but Christ is all and in all. So there I finish, Richard, my
0: poor attempt at presenting what is, or well, perhaps cannot be presented fully by anyone.